Hello and welcome back to another episode of Phenomena Nation's podcast. Here's a little bonus one for you. Starting out this episode good with some hatred. This is Violent Time of My Dark Passenger off their debut, Heroes of Origin. We got a good episode for you today. This is um, a little bonus episode of a story I wrote. A short story, a short horror story. Alright, I can't play this full song right now because I have to actually do this for school and I'm presenting this, so anyway, that was hatred, anyway. Good stuff. Anyway, so I'll tell you what we're going to do today. So I wrote a short a horror story for school, of course, and um, I'm going to do a little reading of it. I added um, music and sound effects. And it's going to be good, I hope. Um, Yeah, I put a lot of time and work into this story, so I hope you enjoy it as much as I enjoy it. Um, But yeah, it took me a long time to record and write this, and I've been working pretty hard at it, and I hope you enjoy it. Um, But before we get to that... I would like to uh, to say we are. I I am trying to put together a Halloween themed playlist, so it's going to be all MP3, so anyone can go and uh, download and download it and stuff. Um, but yeah, so I'm taking in suggestions, and so far I've got a lot of really good ones. We made a post about it on our Instagram, which you can go and comment on and leave your suggestions. Um, official underscore PNPOD. You can also find it in our link tree, linktr.ee slash PNPOD. Or you can contact me through my email or through our website, podpage.com slash phenomena dash nations slash, no, dash podcast. And you can go and check all that good stuff out. And please, we're trying to make this as cool as it can be, as diverse, any genre, and as many. Like, if you want to give me ten suggestions, go right ahead. Or if you want to just give me one, that's okay. You want it to be pop punk? You want to suggest a pop punk tune? You want to suggest a death metal tune? Either way, I'm fine. We want to be. We want to make it as good as it can be. And, you know, just stuff like that, so... Anyway, uh, again, go contact us on the Instagram page, or through our website, or through my email. Anyway. This is my horror story. Anyway. Um, before we get to this, I would like to... Uh, oh, sorry. I would like to just say that this story deals with... Um, subjects of suicide and depression so if you're um at all affected by that i recommend that you um you turn this off because 
uh, you know, make sure you gotta put yourself first, you know. Just, uh, you make that assessment for yourself. But, without any further ado... Since the beginning of time, humans have pondered the purpose of their own hearts. Some believe that it is merely there to pump blood throughout the body, while others believe it creates the feeling of intimacy and love. The truth is that the human heart is so much more. It is your spirit. It is your life force. It is you. Since ancient Sumer and presumably before, Mortals have taken part in sacrifices, human sacrifices, in an effort to appease and feed their gods and deities. The hearts that produce the strongest of these forces are the purest, and the purest hearts are the ones that satisfy the hunger of the immortals. The most likely victims of these blood sacrifices were the pure, virgins, good Samaritans, and children. In modern times, human sacrifices are unacceptable and are seen as barbaric murders geared towards the imaginations of ancient peoples. But just because the sacrifices have stopped, doesn't mean the deities have stopped hungering. You may have heard of the infamous Kaikanoel family phone stalker, the omniscient, malevolent, raspy voice that seemed to know their every move, thought, conversation, and location. The aggressive deviant that threatened to slaughter, rape, and torture their friends, family, and even their pets. The stalker, the thing, that tormented them for months in 2007 had a goal. It can't hurt a person physically, so it wears them down mentally, making them weak, vulnerable, and more susceptible to manipulation and coercion. It tries to end you mentally, and therefore physically, so it can feed. But the Kuykendall story is a mainstream account. Only a year after the Kuykendall family's plague, and in close proximity, the thing struck again. You likely haven't heard of this story, for the simple fact that timing of the incident obscured the truth. Lyndon noticed the shortness of breath that always seemed to be present in a time of stress. She was on the verge of a panic attack. Sweat was beating on her pale, freckled forehead, another sign of stress, along with being on the verge of tears. Her glasses were fogging up and he, she could hear the wind outside from the blizzard, even through the walls. She remained in her closet. 
Is it really that hard to pick out an outfit? Linda's best friend and roommate Sam snapped, looking up from the vampire novel she was reading. Linda jumped. She wanted to look her best for class today. Finals were only three weeks away and her professor at the veterinary college always gave out assignments varying in size and difficulty to be carried out over the following weeks before the final exam. She really couldn't handle a big assignment right now. She was stressed as it was, worried about studying for finals on top of the assignment. She thought that if she dressed her best and looked presentable, the professor might be merciful and give her a smaller assignment. Sorry, Sam. Linda took a full breath. Her friend snapped her back to reality. I'm just freaking out with all the stress. I want to look good and hopefully he won't drop a bunch of work on me. Sam nodded absentmindedly, focusing on her book. Linda rubbed her temples. I guess I am overreacting. You think? Sam replied sarcastically. Linda turned back to the closet and picked out the closest and cleanest pair of pants and shirt that she could find in the closet. A black t-shirt that said Pearl Jam 10 hung loose on her skinny body. The word 10, referring to their debut album, read on the front. She looked at the time on her cheap watch. 12.20? She only had 10 minutes left before her class started, and it's a 15-minute walk without the aggressive blizzard outside to slow her down. Linda hastily threw on her outfit and a parka, grabbed her books, and made a mad dash to her class. Maybe if she ran as fast as she could and didn't stop for anything, she might not be too late. She began trudging through the foot and a half of snow that had accumulated over the past three days of constant blizzards. Her body was small, but she had a lot of lean running muscle, and at the rate that she was going, she estimated that she might just make it to class. By the time she made it to the main building, she estimated that she only had three minutes. Linda could barely breathe and didn't want to waste time checking her watch. She almost overshot her classroom door, only to find that it was empty, save for her professor. A little bit early, aren't we? He said, looking up from his papers. He was dressed in an all-black suit, which, which was a departure from his usual casual attire. His usual clothes were very basic and casual, but the weird thing about him was, despite his casual appearance, he was very professional and made his students call him by his first and last name, Robert Borden. Linda looked down at her cheap watch to find that it hadn't moved since she left. It must have died the night before. She blushed, slightly from embarrassment. Sorry, my watch died. Not a problem. He smiled and gestured to the empty classroom. Have a seat if you want. Linda closed the door as she walked into the class and checked her flip phone's clock. It showed that she still had 30 minutes until other students would show up. While she was looking at her phone, it began to ring. The call was coming from an unknown number whose only identifier was the word restricted. Curious, Linda answered, only to be greeted by raspy breathing. After about 10 seconds, the breathing turned into words. I prefer Allison James. And then the mysterious caller hung up. 
Linda was confused until she remembered her shirt, Pearl Jam, the band. Restricted was referring to another band that played a similar style of music. Linda looked around, and it was only her and her professor who was marking papers and listening to music on a small radio. The door was even closed so no one could see into the class. She was confused and a bit shaken up, but she shrugged it off. After an unusually boring lecture, the professor started to call up students to receive their assignments. I've decided to give out these assignments at random this year, he said. When it was Linda's turn to collect her instructions, she received an extra folded note that she read when she sat down. It read, I prefer Alice in Chains. With a little smiley face beside it, Linda shivered. When the class ended, she went up to her professor's desk to ask him a ridiculous question, but one she had to ask. Did you call me when I first got to class? Why would I do that? He replied. We were less than 30 feet apart, and you were here with me, so you would have heard me as well. After apologizing, Linda ran back to her dorm room. By the time she got back, Sam was gone, and only her cat, Ronnie, who wasn't supposed to be living there because of the no-pet policy the college had, was there to greet her. Linda opened her assignment to find that she had to write a 10-page essay on why she wanted to be a veterinarian. Not too horrible, but it would have been nice to have less work. She flopped down on her bed and played with Ronnie until her phone started ringing again. It was restricted. Linda answered reluctantly. Hello, she greeted. The unknown caller rasped. Remember Amelia? Linda's muscles tightened and the hair on the back of her neck stood up. Restricted continued. You were there when she needed you. You're the reason she's dead. She killed herself because of you! Maybe if you'd been there in her time of need, she might be here. But she's not! You should just join her and kill yourself. It's the least you deserve. Restricted, hung up. <laughs> Linda's eyes slowly welled up with tears, and then she began crying violently. It took her four years of intensive therapy to move on from her friend's suicide. She thought of it sometimes, but the overt malevolence of the call was just too much for her to handle. Linda started to dry heave and went into the bathroom just in case she threw up. After trying to vomit for ten minutes with no luck, she decided to lie on the cool tile floor until she'd calmed herself down. She stayed on the floor, crying for thirty more minutes. Then she pulled herself together enough to get into the shower and wash up. After calming down a little bit, she pulled herself out to dry off. She then went right to bed. It was only 5 o'clock. Linda woke up suddenly at 1.46am from a horrible dream of a tall, grey-skinned monster with beady black eyes. She stayed sitting upright in her bed until she regained full consciousness, and against her better judgement, checked her phone. Between the time she fell asleep and woke up, 
she'd received a slew of texts, each no more than two words long, among others. She received words like, whore, kill yourself, your fault, die. She looked around the room for Sam, only to find she wasn't there. She's probably out partying, Linda thought. Her phone began ringing again. She began shaking uncontrollably as she fought not to answer. But she was just drawn to it and had to. Just do it. End it now. Linda mustered up every ounce of courage in her body and started talking. Listen here, asshole. I don't know where you... Restricted continued speaking as if Linda didn't even try to interrupt. If I could get my hands on you, your death would be so much worse than suicide. For every wound I inflict on you, for every fingernail ripped from your body, every strip of flesh I tore, I would let it heal. I would let you heal until you didn't feel any pain. Just so I could do the same thing and tear that feeling away from you. I'd carve my initials into your chest so I'd always be close to your heart. And after that... Linda hung up. She couldn't handle any more of it. So she decided to go to the police when the sun was up. However, her attempt proved futile. For the simple fact that there was no proof that Restricted had even called or texted. Her phone records were completely bare and going to the police seemed to make it worse. The calls had plagued her for almost two weeks when she was driving home from her parents on a Sunday night. She had been ravaged by the stress from school and the calls. Over the previous weeks, she had fallen into a deep depression. The road she was driving on was lined with thick, snowy forest on both sides, with only her headlights and the moonlight to guide her. Her phone started ringing. It was restricted. She was done. Linda declined the call and called her best friend, Sam. Look after Ronnie for me, Linda told her friend. What? Why? Sam replied, but Linda had already hung up. She began picking up speed, scanning the sides of the road to find a large tree while she undid her seatbelt. Then she saw it, an oak tree that would need three of her arm lengths to hug all the way around. It was just to the right of the road, about a hundred meters away. The accelerator was on the floor at this point, and she knew her tiny Prius was crumbled like a dry leaf when it collided with the tree. As she drew nearer, she yelled at the top of her lungs. She flew out of the car's windshield and shattered six vertebrae. When she smashed into the icy road, as she lay dying on the icy ground, her final sight was a tall, gray-skinned creature with beady black eyes looking down on her pathetic, dying body. The thing watched from the edge of the forest, just out of sight. It witnessed Linda purposely crash her tiny blue Prius into the massive oak. Its slit of a mouth almost smirked as it watched Linda die. The thing moved quickly, 
Its all-black suit fit poorly on its tall, lanky frame and got caught on a branch as it tried to leave the confines of the forest. Once it reached the road, the moonlight caught its shiny gray skin and beady black eyes. They shimmered like moonlight on a lake. It stood over poor Linda's body. It didn't feel like a human, but the sensation it felt was comparable to pride. It was finally able to feed. The thing picked Linda because she was such a pure and innocent soul, which was perfect seeing as the thing was starving. That, coupled with her traumatic past and vulnerability, made it easy to manipulate her to do what it wanted her to do. Kill herself. Its previous attempts at manipulating the Kaiken dolls proved fruitless, but that didn't matter now. Now, it was time to feed. After a poor and rushed investigation, the police ruled Linda's death a suicide due to stress from college. Sam was now the owner of Linda's cat, Ronnie. There were, however, two things that troubled journalists, newscasters, private investigators, and civilians alike that no one had the answers to. After Linda's death, her professor, Robert Borden, simply disappeared leaving no trace of where he went. It was as if he never existed. The most confusing piece of this puzzle, however, is the fact that Linda's heart was missing from her body with no incision marks anywhere near her torso other than two small carvings in her chest. Two letters, RB, which begs the question, where is Linda's heart? That's scary. Boo! How about now? That story wasn't that scary. I don't know. It's up to you. What do you think? Let me know. Uh, you can message me. You can email me. Uh, contact us through the website. Email whatever is your preferred choice. Well, actually, well, I guess by contacting us through the website, you'd be contacting us through email. But anyway. For questions, comments, suggestions for future episodes, email me or contact me through the website. That is all in the description. To get to the website, you can either go to podpage.com slash phenomena-nations-podcast or you can go to linktr.ee slash pnpod and you can find all our links there, website, 
um, Instagram, Thousand Vocalist, Track, Telegram, all uh, the Phenomena Nations Telegram. How you can have a personal phone call with me. We got a link to that. And, you know, all that good stuff. And we have merch. Go go do that. We got that in the link tree. And now that we're at the end of the show, we can play the full song of Violent Time of My Dark Passenger by Hatriot. That's Patriot, but with hate. Anyway, um, I, I thank you so much for listening. Again, tell me what you think of the story. What could have been improved? What did you like about it? We're, I'm open for all and any criticism I can get because I want to improve. Anyway, I've been Max Pichette of Phenomena Nation's podcast. And Oh, wait. I, I don't, uh, go, go to the beginning. Go to the beginning. And uh, we'll see you next week. Well, actually, probably the end of this week. Because I'm releasing this during the during the beginning of, of the week, but regardless. We'll we'll see you, episode 115 you know, 116, an interview with Malakath from Winterfell, Fervor, Velarum, and Red Twilight. I love that line, death's the price to pay. Sorry, sorry, I had to I had to say that.
That was Violent Time of My Dark Passenger by Hatriot, one of my favorite thrash metal bands of all time. That was Zetro One vocals from Exodus. It was He was the original vocalist for the first two albums, and after that, his son Cody, the, also the bassist for the band, took over, and they are actually recording new material, and I cannot wait! Anyway, um... Again, that was Hatriot. Love those guys. So cool. Anyway, thanks for listening. Well, uh, we'll see you at the end of this week on Friday. Hope you uh, stick around, you know. I hope you uh, listen. We got a great interview uh, we did with Malakath or Mark Paulson. He's better known as Malakath, but, you know, we'll see you. <laughs>